Yo, 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 yo. All right, all right. So, I've been super busy, guys. Last Since I took that Vegas vacation and since my last podcast, I have been nonstop. I've only had uh, like a Sunday off since Vegas. Like, I worked. I worked a Sunday, even though I don't typically work Sundays. I worked a Sunday, and it was just like, I've been nonstop getting up, waking up, getting home, or going to work, getting home, rinse, repeat. Been uber busy. Uh, The money's been good, so I'm grateful for that. You know, catching up on some bills. But I've been uber busy. So I haven't had time to record my next podcast. And in that time, uh, I know where I want to go with this podcast. I've been it's been on my mind, you know, for a while now. Well, I don't know if it's for a while, but it just hit me, and I thought I would talk about it. And this may be like a a a couple of parter, and this might be I may I may start. And you know, I may not finish. You know, and as it is right now, I I got twenty minutes or so to get to where I'm going. So I was gonna start it, and then I'll do you know the rest later. You know, finally make an episode of it. But let's get started. Today is I think November seventh or so. No, November eighth. One of those days. 2019 it's right now it's uh like about 6 15 in the morning but i'm heading to work uh and i want to touch on just briefly the raiders win over the detroit lions which is a good win at home you know they're four and they sit at four and four they're not the top of the afc but they're not far behind kansas city i don't know if they're in the wild card position yet Um, but in and around football, you got a good chunk. Most of the teams have played, uh, it's halfway. You could see who's the good teams, um, who's the middle of the road teams like the Raiders and who's just the god awful teams. Um, yeah, the, the year for football for me has gone a little bit better than I expected. Um, Actually, a lot better than I expected. I expect us only to win four or five games. And I think we have the chance of beating. Tonight is actually Thursday night football. The Raiders have prime time uh, against the Chargers. And I think we're going to beat them fools. I know last year they beat us twice, but I think this year is different. Um, the Chargers don't overwhelmingly look good. Uh, the, Ra- the Raiders didn't either. But the Raiders' offense is clicking and booming. Um, the Raiders' offense is legit scary uh i know they don't get the love but the game against green bay they could have easily have scored every time we were in the red zone and that game would have been much different uh fortunately it wasn't uh the game against um the texans we lo- narrowly lost uh we could have easily won that game too we could be we could be sitting at six and two instead of four and four and that's Solely based off our offense because our offense is moving and our defense is just lackluster. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. That's the way the game goes. I mean, the defense will be better next year. 
no worries. Uh, but anyways, you know, Raiders are doing hella good, and the Lakers. Now that we can get back, we can get into this Laker talk. The Lakers are six and one. The Lakers. Uh, I watched them the other day. They were down big to the Chicago Bulls in Chicago. Um, they were down, I believe, eighteen or nineteen points going into the third quarter, and then eighty LeBron, Kuzma, Caruso. KCP uh, and company. Dwight Howard even got in on the action. Just absolutely shut them down. And the two-man game that's developing between LeBron and AD is going to be something special because as many of you know, LeBron has been the biggest man on the team, the most dominant man on his team for the most part of his career. Uh, and when I mean the biggest man, definitely he was he was playing center position for a minute, uh, and the most dominant. I mean he was doing all the scoring, doing all this. Um, so he both physically he was one of the biggest players on his team. And well, I mean you can put in Tristan Thompson, but Tristan Thompson was not neither is neither dominant or as prolific as LeBron. So it didn't. I mean, he's a you know, okay player, um, but he's nowhere near the level of LeBron. Let's just put it that way. He's not near that level. Now, him with AD, and as I well predicted, that that dynamic AD is both physically dominant. I think he's six ten, six eleven, and his arm wingspan is fucking insane. And you know he's physically and he's dominant on you know scoring and that so LeBron is now paired with the true I know Kyrie but Kyrie wasn't physically bigger than him Kyrie gets matched up by a lot of random other players uh, and his ball handles is what propels him to be great his ball handles and his just his footwork but that's you know, there's nothing you can do. There's not a lot of players in the NBA that are both 6'9", 6'10", 7-footers, let alone can score like that. 80 is a special kind. And this, for the first time, LeBron is paired with somebody that's physically bigger than him and just as dominant as him. And the two-man game developing between them late in the game in Chicago, they're just unstoppable. Uh, you can when they run in the, the pick and roll between themselves, you can't leave LeBron to be one-on-one with some random dude because he's going to dunk and put that guy in foul trouble. But at the same time, you can't leave AD one-on-one because for the same reason. Uh, you know, so backing down, if they throw him the ball down and, uh, you know, down near the rim, you know, within 10 feet and he backs him down backs him down and he waits for a double team or simply he just takes his man one on one and I mean there's not much you can do uh, team, and the same thing that was running with Shaq and Kobe like there's not much you can do although they, LeBron and AD could be something better than Shaq and Kobe uh, AD and LeBron is a whole different beast um Shaq was way more dominant, I believe, than AD. 
but he lacked range and he lacked a couple of other things finesse uh, he just pummeled motherfuckers down there and Kobe I think was an overall better scorer than LeBron however AD is a little bit more finesse and he's going to pummel people down there as well and he and if they he can take a, a step back jump shot from 15 V or even hit a three uh, seemingly at will and so that's going to free up space for LeBron in the middle to do what LeBron does and there's not much you can do there so I believe that two man game is not only going to prepare the Lakers to the playoffs but the guys around them Caruso looking like an all star out of nowhere uh, Kuzma's numbers should should uh, go way through the roof I mean the play, and, they, and I think literally for a championship run they just need one more player Dwight Howard's numbers are looking good he's getting blocks the, the problem is if you double team both AD and LeBron that's four on two guys there is three Lakers available for somebody has to run they're going to get wide open shots that's just the way it is and the Lakers are doing a fantastic job because you are not seeing the coach uh, he's not being shown you got nothing but positive things to say about the Lakers right now and the Lakers are 6-1 and one, and I think they're going to knock off uh, they're going to go on a tear right now as soon as they start realizing what they got I think they already realized it, but as soon as they start realizing what they got, they're going to go on a tear. And when I mean a tear, they're going to go on a tear. Because there's not much you can do to stop them scoring. The only thing you can do is outscore us right now, I believe. And there's not that many hot offenses out there that can do it. I think only Houston. I think only maybe... Um... Flat out, I don't know. There's not much you can do. And I can't think of many other teams. Milwaukee, maybe. We've already beaten some good teams. We, we're going to beat the Clippers. The Clippers took a gamble on Kawhi. And I don't think that's going to pan out. But anyways, enough of that. Now, I'll get back to the Lakers. There's a little bit more the season gets on. And I see a little bit more with my own eyes what's going on with the Lakers. But... There's a subject I wanted to t- talk about, and I'm gonna do talk about it a little bit, um, and that's living poor. And I don't even know about poor, but I've lived poor most of my life. I've had money come in in droves sometimes. I've been screwed over of money. I've had people I've worked for not pay me on time. Um, I inherited a lot of debt. Um, There's things, you know, just, you know, the recession, the Great Recession. I don't know if anybody ever talks about it. They talk about that Great Recession as if it happened. And then all of a sudden everybody's money came back. And it was like how it was before when that has never that is not the case. And it will never be the case. Uh, America and George Bush, you know, really fucked a lot of people. Um, and everybody was saying, no, well, you know, Obama this, and we're living in Trump. And that was like, you know, like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 14 years ago, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? You weren't part of those people. The, those people that chirp like that aren't, weren't part of the people that were directly affected. So they don't know. 
Uh, it, it is true. I am working. I do have my own money. I do. Yeah, I'm still in business. I still live where I live. I pay my bills. But what you don't see is George Bush came in and wiped out whole industries. He crashed houses. Uh, regulations were put to never for that never to happen again. Um, a lot of people's money went down the tubes. A lot of people's, you know... And then, yeah, eventually we trickled back. Yeah, eventually things happened. But you still... You still feel the long... You know, there's a long shadow cast from that. It's a long shadow. Um, a lot of people downsized and they never really recovered. I know I know other people in other industries that were booming pre-Bush... The bush happened. They dwindled down. They dwindled down. They dwindled. Down, they did what they needed to to survive, and they. And that's where they stay. That's how they're operating now. They're just. It's not that they're surviving, but that's all that they are now. They're instead of having a hundred employees, they have fifteen or twenty, and that's how they stay. You know, they just don't do you know the big push no more. You know, and just, but like I say, I've I've lived through that. I've came up with money, um, post that, had things clicking. I've been screwed out of money. Uh, I've got liens out there on people's properties that you know owe me pretty penny that I don't know when I'm ever gonna get. Um, I've been forced to buy things, you know, insurances and new equipment, which you don't really want to do if you don't have to. You know, I don't know. But if somebody were to tell you, hey, you need to go out and buy a brand new car right now because your vehicle that you currently drive, we're no longer going to allow on the road. And for a lot of people, be like, you know, fine, whatever. But there's a lot of people who are like, damn, I paid this car off. It's still working. Um, I got my job, but I don't really want to take on another bill. Like, that's $500, $600, plus insurance, plus this, plus that. That I don't really want to shell out. You know, I'm, like, paying other things. You know, money's tied up elsewhere. You know. And not that California is wrong in, in telling people that they need new vehicles for the smog but they didn't where I see the massive failure is the timing of it this should be taking place 10 years from now when we're long past George Bush's great recession Uh, they kicked in sort of shortly after and now it's in full effect like a lot of companies have not had time to recover Big companies, yeah, you know, big companies with 100 trucks and this and that, you know, 200 trucks, you know, okay, they've been slowly phasing it out, slowly, one by one. But as a small company, you know, it's a burden. You know, death is a burden. Not a burden on the, and I guess you're just gonna, we're gonna have to glaze it over, 
which is I'm okay with, but there's a lot of factors in the living poor, and I know firsthand what it takes to to survive. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna get into this. I'm gonna pause it right here because I'm getting to where I'm going. But I'm gonna tell you how to survive, what you need to do, things that you can pay late, um, repossessions. You know what affects your credit, what doesn't affect your credit, and I'm not gonna give you the answers to like, or 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 is this gonna be something that you should do if you don't have to? But basically, I'm gonna give you the rundown of what, what, you know, what to do, like, and how to do it. You know, where are you gonna cut your losses? What what do you gotta do? You know, to survive from paycheck to paycheck. I got. A first-hand experience on it and I feel as if you know I could share that knowledge out here and like I said this might be more than one or two episodes so I'm pausing now I'll get back to you guys shortly with all the the juicy info that you need okay guys so I'm back and I got some time right now because I'm driving to get this podcast talked about a little bit and like I said this one is going to be about living either poor living unemployed living on the fritz living and how to get by some of the methods I've used but basically it's going to be about what what it takes to survive sometimes what what are some of the steps I've used the tricks and the tricks of the things I've learned um, you know, you could let's say you you get fired from your job, right, or whatever, and you need three, four, five months, you know, to get a new one to find something else or something. You know, a lot of people panic. Um, and I work construction, so money comes and goes. Sometimes you get a lot of it. You pay up all your bills. You get caught up on some things. Other times, you know, you don't get a job. You're not working for two weeks, a month. You know, and then you got to kind of watch what you're doing. You know, everybody thinks, can you know, construction is this big, big privatized money-making machine. But it's, you know, there's a lot of overhead as well. But I want to touch on some things. So one of the first things that people do is they don't recognize that you know they don't recognize what's happening in front of them um you lose your job and you're like oh, I'll take a week or two off you know fuck it I'll just I'll find another job because I'm just gonna find another job and you know who gives a fuck who gives a who gives a fuck in a sense you know I'll find another job whatever the case may be uh, I'll take a week or two off, even a month, you know. I got enough money, this, that, and the other thing. And they do that. They party hard, you know. They go out with their friends, you know. 40 bucks here, 30 bucks in gas there, 100 bucks here. Oh, we'll go to Vegas for the weekend. You didn't pay for the room, but, you know, you're not out looking for a job. Yeah, I end up spending 50, 60 bucks there. Buy drinks, another 30, 40 bucks. You go to the club, 20 bucks 
all of a sudden the little things boom 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 you know add up and it's like wow shit like all of a sudden you know you had two or three thousand bucks you thought you were gonna last a month or two you know so you found something all of a sudden you're down to like 150 dollars and you're like shit i need to get something quick because 150 bucks i gotta still you gotta you know first you gotta find a job you need gas to get back and forth your cell phone bill is coming up this that and the other thing so the first thing people don't do is they don't recognize it they don't realize what's happening they don't recognize it and as i said they kind of carelessly yeah and you know to be honest if you get fired from your job or you just you know your job goes out of business they close up shop boom you're done Whatever the case may be, you know, there's many reasons. Maybe your grandmother is sick and died and you're in charge of that, you know, helping her for those two weeks, three weeks, you know. You know, whatever the case may be. And so you don't work. So, you know, you tell your work, hey, hey, I can't work. And they're like, oh, okay, well, you know, what's going to happen is, you know, if you don't work for three weeks, we got to find somebody else in the meantime. May or may not have, you know, whatever the case may be. So a lot of people don't recognize it. And in like I said, to be honest, if you take off two weeks, everybody should be entitled to a vacation. For even two weeks, a week. I think two weeks is 14 days. You know, an actual working day is only 10 days. If you if your work does not allow you to take 10 days off out of 365 days, and I don't care that they don't are not open the Saturdays and Sundays but if you're not allowed to take it you should just quit that fucking job right then and there you should tell you should put your hand up put down your pinky finger your ring finger your index finger and your thumb just leave the middle finger wide up and you should tell them you know what fuck you you're not a slave you're a human a fucking human being Uh, you work you work, you know, let's say you work there for two or three years, you work there, you deserve a fucking little vacation with, and your job should be there when you, as soon as you get back, and they shouldn't fucking just can you, but, you know, whatever, that's another topic for another story, another day, another podcast, but let's just say you get fired, boom, two weeks, you should have that covered, ah, fuck it, you know, fuck it, you know, I would, you know, there's many times in the construction where, People just simply don't work for two weeks, especially around Christmas to New Year's. Is that time off? Nobody wants their motherfuckers at their house destroying shit. It's one of the perks about construction, but it's also one of the pit, the pits as well. Because you know, I take that vacation mandatorily every year, and it's like, well, you know, what can be, you know, and even working it. Sometimes I feel like, damn, like I didn't, like I'm some sort of fucking heathen, not celebrating, not respecting, you know, the holidays. But whatever. But okay, so a lot of people don't recognize what's happening in front of them. Uh, a lot of people just assume they can go and get another job. You know, elder people, elderly people, they're good at stacking away money and so they can survive something like that. They're, they've seen it two or three times, four times in their life, and they don't really stress about it but young people you know people my age in their 30s and their 20s 
you know, your ego gets a little bit in the best of you sometimes, you know. You're at the job for two or three years. You know everything's in, ins and outs. You feel as if you're undervalued. You can run shit better if you were the owner. Uh, you know, fuck it. If, if even if you did get fired, you just go and get. And sometimes that, sometimes that's happened. Sometimes it, people get fired, and the next day, boom, they're with another company making the same money, and they didn't even skip a beat. Yeah, you know, a lot of people's ego, you know, will carry them into something like that. But sometimes it doesn't just happen. Sometimes you get rocked. You know, your company just says, you know what, we're going to lay off so many people, you included. And then you're just like, well, shit, like you didn't see it coming. But, you know, initially you're like, well, maybe I'll go over here or go over there. And you're like, no, maybe I'll take a couple days off, figure this out. Whatever. A lot of people don't recognize it. Maybe a little bit of ego gets in the way. A little bit of pride. And I, I understand that. But you got to recognize it. Once it once it gets underway and you're into the shit and you're knee deep and like worrisome. Now I'm stubborn just like anybody else. Like I'm just the Latino part of me probably. Where I cough, I sneeze. The first thing I don't do is go run into the hospital. Oh fuck! I'm sneezing. What's going on? I got allergies. I'm sick. Coming down with the fucking swine flu. What the fuck? Like, no, I'm Latino. When I sneeze, I fucking take a shot of um, Robitussin, and I fucking carry a napkin, and that's it. And I fucking will be like that for two weeks. And if the sneezing continues, I might go from Robitussin. So I might actually stay home, eat some soup, and take some Hall's medicine. And if that doesn't work, and I'm fucking dying, I might go to the hospital. So that's the Latino, but that's being sick. But the same thing. Uh, you're fucking poor. You're thinking, damn, I'm gonna get money from here or from there, from somewhere, and I'm just gonna get money. And the you know, a lot of people don't ask for help. I don't ask for help. I let shit get totally out of fucking hand before I'm like, fuck, man, like, knee deep in the situation. Like, fucking, I mean, I'm up to my chin and fucking shit. So, these are the, the first thing you gotta do is you gotta recognize it. Something, I'm, dude, I do a good job of recognizing it myself. I've, you know, money comes and money, like I said, money comes and money goes. The second thing that you got to, Realize or got to have happen is you've got to stack whatever it is, whatever, no matter what, you need a dime or two of working capital. If your job is to be a nurse, or if your job is to be, you know, that's what you're good at. Your job is a food supervisor, I don't know, you know, working in the food industry. Or your job is a forklift guy. Or your job is a painter. You need to keep, no matter what the cost, like, I want to say between $150 and, like, $300 as money that you need can put for gas and get you from point A to point B. Or some sort of, or if you take a taxi or you, or whatever, you need about $150 to $300 cushion. That way you could work a week. And if you had to borrow 20 bucks from somebody, borrow 20 bucks to get that last little bit of gas in. 
to get you once you start your job, your next job, or whatever. That okay, you got that money coming in. Whatever the case may be, you need you need one hundred fifty dollars. I don't care what you, how you do it. Pull it out of the bank so that way no auto draft fucking takes it from you. Pull it out, get it cash, and don't fucking touch it. Under any circumstance, don't fucking touch it because you need it. You're like I said, you're in the shit now. Your counts are dry, they're low. Don't fucking touch it. Now, that's one part of it. You know, the other part is you need, as well as the $150 to $300 cushion, you need, you you totally need, and when I mean you need it, you need some sort of transportation. I don't care how you do it, bikes, buses, a car, you need that. Because if somebody says, hey, you know what? We need some help over here, you know. Even if it's for a couple of days or a week or two. Yeah, we'll hire you for, you know, the winter retail boom, you know. A couple of weeks, a month or two. You need that transportation. You need a line of transportation. You need a call. If you if you don't have a car and you're on foot, get a fucking bike. Borrow a bike. Something. Figure it out. Map it out in your head. Okay. All these jobs that I do, you know, if you work at fast food, you need to mentally already figure out how to get from point A to point B. You know, a lot of people figure it out on the fly, but some people just don't figure it out. They get a job, or somebody tells them, hey, I got, you know, help over here, and then boom. Lo and behold, they would do it, but they can't get there. They don't know how they're gonna get there. They don't got nobody to get ride. They're they don't want to walk because it's ten miles away, but they don't have no other way to get there. Um, you know they haven't figured it out, but you need to figure it out. So now you you have to have that hundred fifty to three hundred dollar cushion somewhere anywhere, and then you need a line of transportation to get you to point A to point B. However, however you want to do it. Now. With all that said, a lot of people, like I said, they panic. There's money is going, and they haven't figured out anything, and they're just in the shit. Another big thing that you gotta do is cut out fast food. If you're on an extended, like how I do, this is, I'm gonna tell you what happens to me. I worked the summer from like April to like September, packed, full of work. Uh, usually I build up enough capital to pay off stuff that I owe money on and I'll pay that off, you know, credit cards or whatever. Or, you know, things break down, you know, you need a little extra cash. So you hustle it up. You put that on a little bit of credit and then you pay it off. You know, oh, I'll do a couple of jobs extra and I'll pay them. Oh, okay, yeah, you know, it happens. Things happen. But what happens to me is during, during the winter months, things get slim. And when I mean they get slim, there's slim pickings. 
So a lot of people don't know the ins and outs of things. And if you lose your job and you can't just find another job, but you lose your job and it's taking you two or three months to find a job, what you need to do is you need to, first and foremost, you got a window on anything on credit, whether it's credit cards, cars, cell phones, um, anywhere. We'll give you about 60 days before they really start hounding you for bullshit payments. A month, if you're late a month, nobody even blinks an eye. If you miss one car payment, they probably send you a letter like, hey, like, two weeks after the fact, like, hey, what happened? And then as second month goes by, 60 days, they're like, yo, you didn't send the one payment, you didn't send another. Now, if it's your credit card, really, I wouldn't even care because there's nothing that they can do. They can't take anything from you. They can't do shit. The only thing they can do is harass you. That's credit card. Let's just say credit cards before I jump back to cards. Let's say you have a credit card with a limit of 2000 bucks or 2500 bucks, And you've spent 1000 or 800 but you had a little bit of balance. You could probably let that some bitch go like four or five months before they really start telling you they're going to send you to collections for that money. And, and, which at, and which at any case, all you had to do is assuming four or five months down the road start pay, making payments again and that shit clears right up. Collections is just basically credit part two. You get sent to collections um, and you owe that money. Now you can make payments on that money later on but I wouldn't even do that. Like credit cards or frauds. Cell phones the same way. Now I would in this day and age the cell phone is greater than the landline. So I don't recommend letting your cell phone go and not paying for it because you need it. But if at worst case scenario your cell phone will go a month or two, even if you call them and tell them, hey look, I'll get some money on said day. I'll even pay a hundred bucks, just keep it going. You know, they'll give you like a two or three months leash before they cut you off. At which point I would take your phone and immediately go to Boost and you got a whole nother month there. So you got like three to four months of free phone usage before you're shit out of luck. So that's what you're going to do with the cell phone and the credit card. Now a car, if you're making payments on, you've got like a three month window. Now if your car, like my cars are like three, four hundred bucks, assuming you get on it after about a month and you find another job it takes about a month to reorganize yourself it's just a simple phone call like hey I lost my job I'm a little late I can make one payment and then the next month I'll double up about two to three months you can get by before they actually want to repossess your car now my cars I've had a car recently got repossessed but I got it back and I've had cars before repossessed and eventually got it back all they want is the money that they, you know, that it costs, what, you know, a couple of months, which is, you know, a thousand bucks, roughly about what 
you know, you're gonna be, they're gonna let go before they're like, they take their shit. Thousand bucks is not much to come up with if you get back on your feet rolling. Um, you know, a thousand bucks is that, I mean, it is a lot, but it's not too much either. So you got a couple of month window there. Now, you got some options when it comes to your place of living. If you lose your job, your place of living, you don't want to lose, obviously, but a lot of people's pride get the best of them. You know, your landlord is going to kick you out after so many days too, you know. But if you got a kid, they can't just kick you out. If you're by yourself, they can just kick you out, but they're still going to give you like two months. And you could probably tell them like, oh, you know, you wing it out, string it out as long as you can. They're still going to give you about two months place living free. But in that time, you need to make a crucial decision where you're going to go or if you're just going to huff it in the car, stay at a friend's couch, do whatever is necessary. But you need to make the crucial decision whether to let a car go, you know, you'll get a little beater down the road or let your apartment go and keep your car so that you can keep going. Now, if you don't have neither, then uh, it's just a matter of finding a friend or finding somebody who will take you in for a week or two. Because you can probably stay with somebody a while, like I said, a week or two, but you cannot be there just mooching. If you're out there on their couch for a week or two, and say, you know what, I'm gonna go move over here to this other place, rent this guy's little fucking closet he's gonna rent me for 400 bucks a month. You know, you could live like that, you could just live like that. But you're gonna, as well, you need to cut out fast food. Cut fast food all the way out. And I know people are like, well, they don't need fast food, but a lot of people do. They don't realize how expensive fast food is and how expensive McDonald's is, even though McDonald's has 99 cent food and Taco Bell has 29 cent tacos and bullshit. You don't realize how expensive fast food really is until you're eating it as your only source of food. Prepared food is the most expensive food there is. Regardless to the con- contrary to the popular be- belief, regardless of what you may know, prepared food is the most expensive food anywhere. That includes restaurants, fast food, gas station food, snacks, whatever. And some people are like, no, no, buying the food, cooking it yourself costs more time and more money. No, like, no, that is simply not true. That is simply not true. Fast food is the most expensive food. Sodas, the most expensive liquid you can drink. Um, all that shit is just expensive. You just can't do it. Now, assuming you're at the fridge, two or three months have gone by. Like I said, there's still a way to wiggle out of shit. First and foremost, yeah, like I said, cut out fast food, make the crucial decision. Now, your credit is gonna get dinged. And when I mean dinged, if you get your car repoed, or they take your apartment from you, or they shut your phone off, your name is fucked. But, cash is king. 
find another job, save the money, and cash, like I said, cash is king. People often think, fuck, declaring bankruptcy, or fuck, a repossession, or fuck, like, they foreclosed my house, it's the end of the world, you're a scumbag, you're never gonna fucking, you know, you have maxed out credit cards, and you let those go, yo, $10,000 in credit cards, and there's no way of paying it back, blah, 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 it's the end of the world. It's simply not true. Simply put it, a repossession, a bankruptcy, and all that stuff, only is a couple years on your credit. Once you're beyond that, like two or three years, it does come up, but they see you're working, you pay, you pay things off, you've done, this, you've done this, you've done that. That shit goes the fuck away. Now, there's things you can do after the fact that you've done all that to bolster your credit. You just simply shove more things in there on credit, but that you paid off. And a lot of people learn that lesson. You know, they had a lot of trouble when they were younger. But it ain't nothing but a thing to go and get a little, buy a little watch at your local jewelry store for 150 bucks. Pay that motherfucker off. Do that three times. Get a little credit card, a little gas card. Use it once or twice, $100, $100, boom, pay that shit off. You stack up 20 or 30 things like that, it erases a repossession. It fucking obliterates a bankruptcy. It it obliterates a foreclosure. It totally erases it because they they cannot keep up with all, all the shit you were doing. Your credit history is your credit history. A motherfucker would really have to dig to find out that you went bankrupt five years ago. And I know a lot of people are like, damn, five years? Once you declare bankruptcy, that shit wipes out all of your debt. If you if you let a car get repossessed, like they, they hang you for the price, you know, like if you owed ten thousand dollars in your car and they sold it for eight, you're still liable for that two thousand, but they're never gonna get that from you. You just tell them they that's their loss. You let that shit go endlessly. Like I said, you can let credit debt go endlessly. And, you know, I don't recommend you doing that. But, you know, people get, people get into binds. I've been in business now almost 10 years. I've had ups and downs. And shit happens. And I've learned a lot. And I can tell a lot. You know... There's a lot of bills that you don't need to pay on time ever. You know, your car insurance. They don't just cancel you. Uh, your tags on your vehicle. They don't just... When your tags expire, if you're in a bind, you've got like three months to go and get tags before actually anybody even notices. Now, yeah, buying your tags three months down the road at a higher price, yeah, that, that's a bug. That sucks. But who cares? It's only like a hundred bucks more. Who cares? Uh, Nobody fucking cares. Um, Your credit card is always three or four months late. Who who fucking cares? Honestly, they don't really give a shit. People stress out and they panic. Oh man, I haven't paid my fucking bills in like two or three months. Honestly, who gives a fuck? The credit people, when you buy stuff on credit, on a credit card, you spend... $700 
you made payments uh, $50 a month for five months right that comes out to you 250 and then you oh shit went bizarre three months down the road when they start like hey what the fuck's going on like ah you know and it takes you six months to make another payment what you don't realize is you've paid you've probably already paid that item that was sold off all that they're really at is the interest on your fucking shit that's all they really want they're just trying allegedly you do all that money but that item whatever it was you spent 700 you made and if you have a credit card for a year and you spend $700 and you paid the minimums, 30, 50 bucks for a year, more or less you've already paid that money back. It's just a lot of it is compounded interest. A lot of it is this, a lot of it is that. And then a lot of people, like I said, you know, they're worried about the credit, worried about this. And rightfully so, you know, you don't if you if you don't have to live like that, you know, you don't, but shit happens, you know. These are the tricks and tools of the trade, you know, to get by. You get it by, and you move on, you keep it moving. Um, but like I said, there's a lot of things that you can just not pay on time. There's a shitload of things you can just fucking fuck it. You know, especially credit cards, especially cars, especially cell phones especially a lot a number of things now when I when I say there's a lot of things there's also a lot of things you can do to help yourself uh, I guess you gotta recognize you gotta go get in a job you gotta find somewhere you gotta come up with some work somewhere getting that done is the number one priority but it should be the number two party. At first, if you recognize, if you get fired, you need to cut out a lot of shit. You can't. You got to cut out the party, and it's a lot of internal mechanisms that you gotta. You gotta cut out the party. You gotta tell everybody, you know what? I lost my job. Don't fucking invite me nowhere. A lot of people are like, yo, you know, you're not working. Come over. Like you gotta be like, nah, nigga, no. You know, you just gotta be like, nah, I can't, I can't do that. Nah, homie, you know, I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna put myself in a position any worse. You know, cut off whatever you can cut off. Cable. Uh. Netflix, cut off all of that. There's a lot of work that needs to be done. If you lose your job and you know you're not going to get something, there's a lot of stuff. Cut off all of that. You got to cut it off. Cut it, hack it, get rid of it. Second, you got to cut off fast food. And when you cut off fast food, you need to be able, as a grown adult, to cook food If you can't cook food I mean I don't know What to tell you but Buying Vegetables And cooking them Grilling them up with 
a $3 piece of meat is a lot cheaper and you get two meals or three meals out of it. It's a lot cheaper than going to Jack in the Box and buying double cheeseburger. Comes out to like nine or ten bucks and you get one meal out of it, you get full and it's done. You go to the store, get broccoli, get some onions, get some tomatoes, be like four dollars. Get a pack of meat, be like five dollars. Go and go to any uh, any fast food place. Walk in there, ask for some salt and peppers. And they'll give it to you. They'll give it to you because they don't even know if you're in there or not. Use that as seasoning, and boom, you got dinner, possibly lunch for like a day, a whole day, if not more. You know, those rice roni boxes for like fifty cents. Come in clutch. Well, actually, I don't know rice on it, but Kraft macaroni and cheese, definitely. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things you can do. Just a whole lot of things that you could do to help yourself. Okay, yeah. Now, there's a lot of things you can do. Cooking is one of them. Meal prepping is, you know, meal prep. You're starving. You're on the fritz. You got to realize what you can do to eat and get by. Water. Water is everywhere. It's free in most cities, certain places, parks. You know, I know it's not, but you need water to survive or you die. So drink the water. There's free water everywhere. You know, water is abundant. What isn't abundant is soda. Soda's not everywhere and it costs. So is beer. Just costs money. Just don't do it. Now, cooking is essential. If you can't cook and you're living poor, you die. So you're gonna learn how to cook. I don't care what who you are, where you come from, but you need to learn to cook. So like I said, Pancakes It's just water And mix And you throw it on a pan And it's done It's not that hard You can eat pancakes for days And I understand pancakes is not The greatest source of food But it is something to get you by mentally Get something in your body to stew on Instead of Thinking about Starvation the entire time When you can't focus um, but yeah, the food, you got to figure food is minimal, you know, but it's high, it's of high importance, you know, because you need to eat in order to get to the jobs, be functionable as a human being. Now, another tactic that I have employed over the years, and it's another one that, you know, A lot of people don't ever anticipate things going sideways. So they don't know, they don't they don't actually listen to like other ideas out there. But I've had, I've been poor myself. I've talked to many of poor people. I've known all kinds of people from all kinds of walks of lives. And there's a way to get by being homeless but not truly truly homeless 
a lot of people think losing their apartment, losing their car is the biggest, worst things that's ever going to happen. They're a failure in life, blah, blah, blah. But I, I sometimes you just got to let that motherfucker go. You just got to let those motherfucking things go. I don't necessarily want to live poor. I like a roof over mess, a bed to sleep on, blah, blah, blah. Just like anybody else. But sometimes you're on the fritz and you know you just gotta walk away from all the noise and ignore everything ignore every fucking thing ignore it just simply shut your phone off shut the noise off shut everything off in your head the stress I can't afford it What am I going to do Blah 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 Shut it off Ignore it I do I do it all the time I do it recently I do it Back then You just have to ignore Everything Once you get to that Level That you can just ignore You know Who cares You know Of course Nobody's calling you Lazy or a piece of shit Or worthless well, they may actually call you that, but when you're in survival mode, you know, let's say you lived somewhere with, you know, your mother and father, or you lived with your wife, or you lived with some roommates, or you lived somewhere, and you lose your job, and this, that, and the other thing, you just gotta ignore everything. You know, you know what? You gotta be honest with yourself, you gotta be honest with people, but you gotta ignore everything. Look, I lost my job. I'm fucking. I'm not. I'm out. You know, I'm not gonna pay shit. Whatever. But you gotta ignore a lot of things. You gotta ignore what people say because that's not who you are. You know that's not who you are. Shit just went sideways and in a bad way, and you know had a rough year. And that's not who you are. No, I don't truly believe anybody. Well, I mean, some people do, but. You know, some people borrow money in three, four hundred bucks, and they're like, "Fuck, I plan, plan on paying it back," but they just can't. You know, you know, you're gonna get drugged through the mud, but you just gotta ignore it. You gotta ignore it. A lot of people just can ignore shit. You gotta ignore it. Now, while you ignore it, you gotta take into consideration. You gotta ignore the noise of other things. Are you homeless? Are you carless? Are you fullest? You know, there's ways to survive. There's levels of survivability that people are not willing to accept, but should. If you lose your home and your car, and you know it, go and get yourself a little beater. And you gotta accept money whenever, however you can, cash. You gotta, I don't know, go and mop Carl Jr. floors for like two months. You gotta go and, I don't know, take care of your grandma for 20 bucks a day type of deal. Once you gather up two or three or 400 bucks, Go and get yourself a little beater car. Go and get yourself, you know, something just to roll around in. 
So that way, a car is a second home. A lot of people don't realize that a car, cars since about the 1990s are designed with air conditioning. You don't live, most people don't have cars without air conditioning. So on a hot day, you can get in your car and throw on the air and comfortable. The same goes with the cold. Since about the 90s, I don't know of any car that doesn't come without a heater. When it's cold, put that heater on, you're just fine. You're not freezing. And the cars are sealed up, rightfully so. Also, cars, like I said, cars from about, I want to say from like the 70s before were just cars. But cars from the 90s, maybe even the 80s. But I don't see too many people driving a car around in the 1980s. And we're already going to be in 2020. So from the 2000s up. If you find a car that's 1999, 2001, 2003. Those cars should be no more than like 500 to 1,000 bucks. 2010 and newer. Yeah, you might be two, three, four thousand, 4,000. But that's neither here nor there. not here to debate car prices. But I what I am here to tell you is cars are designed as a mini home. Charge your appliances, your phone, your you can charge a battery. Um, you can lean, recline a seat. You got a back seat designed for you to live in temporarily for a day or two. Now, but if a car is designed to live and be in for a day or two, it's designed to be in there every day, which is the case for most cars. You can be in that car every day. Now people are like, no, what about my clothes? What is the trunk? What about food? Well, cooking it. Yeah, okay, well, there's a lot of things you can get. Peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at the store cost next to nothing. Uh, Peanut butter is not even stored in the fridge most of the time. Bread, I don't, you know, you're gonna eat those kind of sandwiches you know, but uh, those Ludwig's or I think Budwig's meats are like 30 cents a pack. The bread is going to last you a week. It comes with like, I don't know how many slices of bread. You buy a pack of bread, you run to the store, walk to the store, whatever you're going to do, take a dollar or two, get some peanut butter packets, get a couple of meat packets and make yourself a nice little dinner. Boom. You should be able to survive in a car and survive with food with minimal money. So if you get a little job working with, you know, a friend, he's going to give you 300 bucks in the week. And you work with another friend or you take care of this and you're going to get two, 300 bucks. You get that money and you survive it. You get yourself a little beater card. Just something just to get you to point A, point B. With literally no gas. And you're, you're in like Flynn. Now, as soon as things start turning around, your first goal is not, I'm going to get an apartment. You're still going to watch your money. You're going to stack up money. So, what I suggest to everybody is go get a gym pass. To their local 24-hour, LA Fitness, whatever the fuck case may be. The cheapest Planet Fitness. Get the cheapest motherfucker that you can get. And what you're going to do... Is use their bathrooms to shower, shave, and get a little exercise in. Get the blood moving. You know, obviously ride a treadmill because you're going to be in the car. Stay in there. Be around there. 
I've known plenty of people that had gym passes for like 20 bucks a month and they just use the bathroom. They just use it for the bathroom because, you know, they're truckers or they're this or that. You know, you don't want to go pay if you're a trucker or you're, you know, on the road 24-7. All you got to do is just pull up to a gym, get off, shower, get a little exercise and continue trucking. You don't got to go to the truck stops every time to shower and spend money. Gym passes are cheap. Gyms are everywhere. Every major city, every local city, there's a gym. Get a gym membership. The cheapest one you can that has the bathrooms and showers. Most gyms have a shower. Now, you need soaps and whatnot, but you can get soaps pretty cheap, too. You know, I see people do it all the time. That's why they have gym memberships. Just for the shower and bathroom privileges. And you get a little workout in, too, so when you need it. So, the cell phone is another thing. You gotta... The cell phone is another thing. You gotta, uh... You know, if you gotta get an Obama phone, if you gotta get a a cheap one, get the cheapest possible, and you could continue, you know, living your life. When you hit rock bottom, I mean, rock, rock bottom, I think for what I described, you need a phone, which could run you about 50 bucks, a gym membership be another 50 bucks and maybe a hundred bucks of food. So you need about 200 bucks just to live potentially homeless. So you need a month now to do slightly better than that. You know, I don't know nobody that doesn't make 200 bucks a month. It's kind of hard to be homeless in America because you could probably panhandle every day for a week straight and get 200 bucks. And like that, you know, if you worst case scenario. But I mean, you need 200 bucks just to survive roughly. And then you need about another 200 to 300 a month. So you need about 500 bucks a month to slowly recover. Start saving what you can, putting things to the side, which, whatever you can do, and live. With four to five hundred bucks a month you can slowly and i'm talking slow climb back from the depths of nothing and continue pushing forward um now there is other tricks to the trade you know that i'm not going to get into because this episode is going to run a lot that's why i said probably it's going to be a multiple thing but there's other ways i mean let's say you your job you got comfortable at three thousand dollars a month put down they cut your hours they reduced you to half you know and you're just living paycheck to paycheck now there's other things you can do you know there's things you can do there's things that can be done um recycling is huge recycle everything get a dollar here dollar there um you know and you can go there's plenty of expired foods out there that are just expired that you can finesse the stores and be like you know what this is expired you buy it take it bring it back you know you just tell them you didn't realize it was expired and then you know tell them you don't want it anymore yeah, there's plenty of that going on um there's plenty of businesses that throw away food you just got to know which ones and where to find it um not that you're gonna go dumpster diving but you know there's plenty of food being thrown away, you know, out there. 
there's plenty of resources to your to your you know America has a lot of resources the homeless people homeless homeless people I believe ninety percent of the time you know you don't want to be homeless they just hit got hit with the massive massive things that went sideways you know but it's just it's a a little bit has to do with I think it's mental health issues that they have as well as economic issues as well as an array of issues but being homeless 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 and not having a place to shower sleeping on the road on a park bench is difficult in a sense it's hard I think it's harder to stay that way than it is harder to keep a job in a sense it'd be being homeless becomes your job whether you like it or not if you're truly homeless it becomes your job that you have to get up because you need you need money to eat you're not going to starve you have to get up and go and ask for a few bucks here a few bucks there anybody who will help you you know so then no business really wants you there so you're going to have to go to the few places that will allow you to just get a burger or whatever and you're gonna have to rely on the churches i mean it's hard uh i know it's hard either way but there's plenty of ways to get through living poor living well under economics and there's plenty of reasons many reasons why that happens to people well you got to brace for impact like i said from what happens you can't panic you got to recognize it there's signs to things you got to recognize things like i said that there's plenty of ways to go about it um i've reached critical levels before but i mean i haven't quite failed yet i'm still going i'm still planning on going and i'm and i as far as i'm concerned i think the next year or two or three should be good you know i'm not a fan of you know dt the president but you know as long as he doesn't fuck it up i mean I already just ignore his tweets. I ignore literally all his comments. I don't chime in no more. I, I ignore him. Um, as long as he doesn't fuck it up, then he'll only be bad as far as his stance and his beliefs. Those are un-American. His stance and his beliefs are un-American. But, I mean, if it's just business as usual in America, it's business as usual. I'll, I'll wait for the next president to get behind and rally behind you know, I don't like him. I don't like George Bush. George Bush's beliefs were okay, but his... George Bush had a lot go wrong with his presidency. 9-11, whether or not you believe he did or not. And I solemnly know that he was aware of what was going to happen. And it just happened anyways. To his economic crash, to all the, you know, things he's taken from us, our, our freedoms. Um... Homeland Security and all that bullshit, you know, the Patriot Act, sort of very damaging and harmful, you know. You're basically, if you don't know, they're, they're monitoring you 24 7, so you might as well uh, wild out. You might as well. I mean, what more can they do? What more can they take from you? Your life? I mean, that's what it comes down to. Uh, here in America, we're not as free as you think. There's a lot of breach of privacy every which way. Uh, you know, that's what they want. They want you on your smartphone. They want you like me expressing your thoughts. They want to just monitor you. Now, I'm okay with it. 
solely for the fact that you know what um yeah they can they can monitor my actions they can monitor when they see my middle finger and they see me typing some shit like fuck this guy fuck that guy you know let it be known you know like this the worst thing they're gonna do is jail you and then this, the last worst thing they can do is kill you hang you as a political prisoner or whatever but ain't the shit you know people are afraid of dying you know as if it's not gonna happen to them anyways you might as well just smile and keep it going uh but like I said, is is you know, I don't know what the future holds. I hopefully the next couple of years are good, economically or financially or businessly or whatever. So you would never have to come to those scenarios of living on the edge, you know. But we you never know, you know. You never know. There's ways. Like I said, I'm gonna elaborate on this more. I would need. You know, as things become technologically more advanced. They're kicking people out of stores, and I'm not condoning anything. But if they're gonna self-automate, self-checkout, you can walk out of stores with shit all day. Uh, so there's another trick to the trade. I mean, you know, gasoline. There's tricks to that too. I mean, you know, for diesel, you could do red dye. I don't think anybody's checking for the red dye. Um, you just got you got to be willing to do your research as well. There's things there's things you can do. Um, there's a lot of things you can do, but anyways, I'm going to end this episode here and I will tonight's Thursday night football. So I'll let you know how that goes here shortly. Perhaps I'll make another little episode, get two back to back, but this is this one. This is one is living on the edge and some things you need to do, some things you need to do to survive. Like I said, there's, I could go on for days about this, what needs to be done, but that's for another day you know this was just the cover the topic of it anyway guys i'll t- i'll get back to you with another podcast here shortly thank you